Welcome back to Martins and More. My name's Maury Rutch. And I'm Spoon Phillips, and I'm happy to see you and hear you. I'm sorry I missed you at the factory last week. I had to come in uh, the day where Martin was able to give me the Martin Museum, so I wasn't able to get there on the first day of NAM, but you were. So you scooped me when it came to uh, seeing these models before I did. Well, yes and no. Of course, I did miss uh, having you around, and, and uh, it was very, very strange for me to be there without you. But I didn't get the museum. I got the repair room. So although I was a day early, I kind of got thrown into the closet. And it's like that whole joke about the musicians never get any respect. And then, you know, could you, could you come into the kitchen? Go, go through that door. <laughs> so they, kidding aside, they, you know, Martin took really good care of me. But it wasn't the red carpet that I get when I'm with you. But yes, I was able to see all the models on Thursday that were available uh, at the Martin factory in Nazareth. That was not every single model, as you know, and you found out at least the day after I was there. Some of the models, they didn't make two of them yet, so they all went to the Anaheim show. And there are specific guitars we have yet to review and get our hands on. Right now, as we're taping this program, it's late January, but very hopeful that before the end of February, uh, one of us or both of us will get to see some of those guitars that really weren't... Uh, available for us to see, but I'd like to take today's program and ask you, can we talk about our first impressions? We've put a couple of podcast episodes together talking about what these guitars are, looking at the specs, what, what these guitars sound like on paper. Now we've actually got to play some of them, and I'm not sure which one you want to start with, but I'd like to hear your opinions. Maybe we can compare notes. What say, would you mind if we start talking with the one that's on everybody's mind, the GPCE Inception? What did you think of that now that you finally got to play it? Well, I was, it's, I've been wanting to play it for some time, and I, I think it's a, a noble, uh, it's a noble endeavor. Now, Martin's not the only guitar company that's doing this, but they've, uh, and they've been very concerned about uh, the environment <clears throat> worldwide, globally, and responsible uh, uh, management of our natural resources. So they are going all in on using domestic tonewoods. They want to focus on domestic American or North American tonewoods. And so they are going to be investing in maple and cherry, and we'll certainly see other uh, American hardwoods uh, used for back and sides coming out in the future. But right now, this is the GPC Inception maple with maple sides, solid maple sides, a three-piece back with uh, maple uh, uh, plates on the outside and a black walnut, American black walnut plate on the inside uh, in the center. It has a walnut fingerboard and bridge and uh, the high-performance neck that we are all used to by now with the modified low oval and the one and three-quarter inch width nut and two and eighth at the twelfth fret. Uh, two and five thirty seconds uh, string spacing, and I think it's a uh, a highly successful acoustic electric guitar. Though I didn't get to hear this one plugged in, but it's basically aimed for performing uh, singer songwriters. Somebody who's ver who requires the versatility of a guitar that you can use for finger picking or for strumming, using the grand performance body size with the true grand performance body depth. So it's a long sail guitar with cutaway. Uh, maple, you know, I think they do, do themselves a disservice by saying, Martin says publicly a lot about maples, this and that, and, and 
and we've made maple guitars in the past, but maple just doesn't have the oomph of rosewood or mahogany that people look to for Martins. There have been many companies, obviously, that have done very well with maple. Classical guitars are often made of maple. Jazz archtop guitars are often made of maple. Certainly, Gibson's J200 is a big, popular, big body. You, you know, I agree, bigger the body, the better off you are with maple in terms of getting bass response. But they knew that Martin's reputation is that they've made maple guitars in the past. They've never been very successful in sales because they don't sound the same as, as the rosewood, throaty rosewood Martins. Even the mahogany Martins have a warmth and a, and a roundness and a fullness in the low mids and bass than you get from most other people's guitars. And it's hard to accomplish that in maple, and that was their goal. Um, so their real goal was to try to enhance the tone of maple through new technology. And I think they've certainly done that. I enjoy the guitar. I think uh, it's going to be particularly successful as a acoustic electric on stage in terms of um, sounding good plugged in and not having the feedback issues that you certainly get from Rosewood and sometimes from mahogany guitars and Koa guitars. So I'll just say that much right now. Why don't you talk a little bit about the technology so people who haven't heard uh, our previous podcast know what we're talking about here. Oh, sure. Well, the big thing here is they took maple and what they did was they ended up doing some really neat scientific things on the top where they skeletonized the bracing. And that's a fancy word for basically saying they put a lot of holes, almost honeycomb patterns inside bracing. The bracing is not a lot taller. I, I know a lot of uh, misinformation has been gaining a lot of traction online, but Tim... Uh, Tim Teal was very kind to speak with me at length about that guitar especially. They took bracing that's normally as rigid as a regular you know, you know, brace, and they put a lot of holes in it to reduce some weight. They have channels cut in the top where it's better if you see a picture somewhere, but it's they took a lot of wood away in routing little channels and putting honeycomb holes into some of the bracing, and their attitude was they want to make the top weigh less, resonate more, and like you said, I really do think it was their intention to, to make maple, I want to use the word more usable, maybe more mainstream. And if you, before this guitar came out, you're asking people to consider rosewood, mahogany, and maple, and everybody had their opinions on what all three of those sounded like. I do believe, like you were saying a few moments ago, Martin wanted to improve the sound or improve the complexity, dynamic range, and resonance of maple. And they're getting, in my opinion, they're getting really, really far ahead of a problem. It's not here yet, but just like when they invented the X-Series and they, they're trying to be green, trying to be FSC, when it comes time, it's when, not if. When it becomes time that they have to tell you, listen, rosewood and mahogany are going the way of Brazilian and, and certain tonal woods that we all get used to and that we all know are going to be here forever. No, they won't be here forever. And it's going to be, we're going to look back in 10 years, 15 years and recognize that you know, now Martin has decades of experience basically grooming maple to be a, a more appreciated wood. So the science really is, is uh, besides just adding the, the walnut wedge on the back, it really is the channels in the top, the honeycomb holes in the bracing. And I don't want to say uh, that they tap the top or that they voice the top, but maybe in a roundabout way of voicing isn't, isn't a bad term. They certainly made every effort to improve 
on what a Maple Martin sounds like, you know, going back uh, against anything they've made in the past. And I see the argument all the time online, you know, Gibson's making Maple guitars forever, uh, Taylor is too. They're making guitars that sound like Gibson's and Taylor's, and Martin can't do that. I don't want to hear anybody saying that, why can't Martin just make Maple? They did and they don't sell, and Martin wants to produce a product, regardless of its construction, it has to have the Martin sound. And we did an episode on that last year where the Martin sound, even if it's a triple O 28, a D 18, uh, an HD something, all Martins sound unique, but in the same way, they all sound like Martins and Martin wasn't going to put a, uh, a big product launch together with a maple instrument and have people say it doesn't sound like a Martin. We can argue all day long, not you and I, but uh, some listeners might think, might debate what Martin should have done. It was really interesting. I answered a couple of people on the spot when I was talking in the lobby on Thursday. I'm not a Maple guy. I'm not even necessarily a GP guy. So I didn't come to play this expecting to love it. My opinion really should reflect that. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that I'm an OM28 guy. And now I love Maple. That didn't happen. But I really do think that it sounds a lot bassier and stronger than I would have expected it to uh, if they didn't make those innovations. Well, it is... Uh... I agree. Like I said, it's a noble effort. And yes, Taylor came out with the 16, or the 600 series a few years ago that was converted entirely to maple, which they, which they tonered, you know, brown because they feel like nobody likes a blonde guitar and that psychologically you're going to think it sounds darker if it looks darker. And, um, and I think Martin kind of did this too with this really nice faded amber burst. I don't remember what they're officially calling it, but... but um, but it is, it's on the sides and the back, which is a very nice touch. I've always liked guitars that have that look, and it's very unusual for Martin to do that. And, um, but it has definitely better low-end response. Uh, the, what really sounds like a Martin to me, and this was a, this is something I really focused on, what I consider the traditional Martin sound that I do not believe you can get without a full size dovetail neck joint where you have a solid wood dovetail fitting into a solid neck block inside the guitar is this unique way that those kind of guitars, like you find in the standard series that Martin makes and vintage Martins going back to the beginning of the steel string era, you play those notes, whether it's a chord and you're letting it ring or an arpeggio that's ringing out or individual runs that then end with a sustained note Martins are very resonant, and so they, uh, the solid wood Martins give off a lot of sympathetic overtones and what I call undertone, which is the lowest overtones that are beneath some of the higher fundamentals. And as that fundamental fades and that body resonance is left behind, with this inception model, there's an absolute flawless transition from one to the other. And it is so beautiful and so pure. It's what I always have called that violin purity that I think vintage Martins are known for. That you wear, even Martins that are made with the M&T neck joint don't have that same relationship between the main notes, what I call the top notes, the fundamental notes, and the sympathetic harmonics. And this guitar has that in spades. It's absolutely beautiful. You know, what it reminded me of, it reminded me of one of my favorite Maple Martins, which was the Eric Clapton model that was white. The, um, 
Bieta, ah. I can never get to remember how to Bianca. say this. Bianca, thank you. Yeah. And that had an Engelman top, and I was kind of surprised they didn't put Engelman on here because I think Engelman and Maple work extraordinarily well for fingerstyle guitars. They put Sitka or it's either Sitka or, or Lutz Spruce. It's it's the Northwest uh, Spruce from the Northwest. And, well, no, and, it's European, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry, it's European Spruce. I beg your pardon. It's FSC mm -hmm. European Spruce. And um, I'm sorry, I'm. Nobody heard me say anything about them putting uh, lots of spruce on any Inception models. That was not mentioned in public. Um, yes, I beg your pardon. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'll you cover can, that up. Yeah, you can leave that in there. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but I know nothing. I see nothing. But uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm. But I am surprised they didn't put Engelman on it because it's an American wood. But I know that they also wanted this to be environmentally friendly. Um, they also had some really good European spruce. European and Englishmen are similar uh, in uh, tonality, um, though I think you get more bite and bang from European, which may be very well, because they are much more worried about beefing up the maple than they were making the beautiful sound of the Bianca. But this, uh, I thought the voice was beautiful. I think people who will go there, like somebody... I know, who's a big Rosewood guy, who wouldn't go to, like looking for a guitar that wasn't Rosewoody and wouldn't be converted to maple instantly by playing it. Um, I'm sure there's going to be those people who play it in stores. But you see people online, you know, somebody was, I could quote someone saying, you know, oh, I went and looked for the, at the price tag, you know, and, and that's a lot of money for a gimmick. You know, and they haven't even played it. They haven't seen it, but they've already, already decided that the lattice right. bracing and the tone, the sonic channels in the top and are all a gimmick. But the fact is that it works. It really does work. It does enhance it. Okay. Uh, just to be clear, you mentioned about bigger bracing. The top bracing is not bigger. The back bracing is taller from the look of it. Um, the, it was the back bracing that's taller, and um, maybe it's the the car the holes in it, but it looks they certainly look taller. But um, the way that they they used lasers, and um, they basically you know like the fact that it looks very decorative. Uh, it looks like whether you want to look at it as hexagon holes or X's, it either looks to you like solid X's. But if you look at the space around the X's, they're hexagons. And of course, they're very you know happy about hexagons. It's a very Martin thing, the hexagons they put on the D45 and all that. And uh, of course, the X bracing. So they feel it looks very Martin-esque compared to some other builders who have put holes in bracing to, to decrease the mass. Now, they're not all over the braces. They're only at the, the center of the X brace, where those two struts come together. And then they're in the number one brace that's above the sound hole. So, But they're across all of the back braces, because traditionally guitar's backs um, are just there as a reflector and for strength. And they wanted the backs to be more responsive to, to in other words, take part more in absorbing some sound waves and then giving back sound waves that have been altered the kind of the way that light gets filtered so we get different colored lights. And that's why rosewood guitars sound like different than mahogany guitars and so forth. That back and sides would really do influence that. And they wanted to get as much influence out of the back as possible and out of the center walnut wedge. They want walnut and, wal and the walnut is right behind the bridge. So they're trying to get as much influence from that walnut 
uh, in the back as possible to add more color. And I think they've done that. I think if they had just made a maple GPC, especially if they made it with a very dense ebony fret and fingerboard, this guitar would sound much less colorful, uh, much more like a jazz guitar, pure fundamental notes, and that with uh, less harmonic sustain. And, um, and they know for a fact from their, you know, their sound testing, they have the science there that the sound channels, and they're not just the sound channel like on the SC models, which is the, the recurve on the bass side of that, and they're not like Taylor's trench that goes around on their size uh, 14s and their other uh, body sizes. This is small channels that are around every brace. And so they look like canals or geometric canals that go around basically everything under the top to uh, and the bridge plate. And that the point of that is to try to allow the influence of those the energy passing through the bracing to energize the top even more than than Martins normally do while maintaining uh, you know and they did tons of tests going back because the R and D's been looking at this long before the inception uh, model we can't was you know uh, the inception of the inception model which was about 18 months ago they're experimenting with these kind of stuff going back in the R and D before that so they have all of the uh, engineering tests to show that these guitars are not going to fall apart and collapse. And they're not the first ones to do this. There's uh, Hudson Dalton and Dana Bourgeois. They had they make dome tops on certain models. And like I already mentioned, the other builders that also use channeling of one type or another. But they spent a lot of time in R&D experimenting with channeling and experimenting with lattice bracing to come up with this combination. And um, I think there'll be a lot of people. Um, I think the typical, frankly, the typical Taylor player will will not come in and say this sounds wimpy the way that somebody who's only used to D18s and D28s might do because it's a maple instrument. I think they're overly paranoid because of the fact that the D60 was never very popular and the MC68 never took off and you know in the past. But certainly the maple uh, Clapton models were highly regarded at least, you know, got great reviews even if they didn't get huge sales, but they were all limited editions anyway, so but anyway, that's the inception. I think it's a very successful uh, guitar. Um, I, I'd love to spend more time with it. I'd love to hear it plugged in, but that wasn't possible. I, there just wasn't time. Um, and, and frankly, pl plum forgot. I bet to do it by the end of the day before I left, but, but I just forgot to, to ask if I could get an uh, amp for that thing. So we'll see what it's like. It's definitely only the first inception model. I have every expectation that we're going to see cherry back in sides at some point. We're going to see sycamore back in sides at some point. There's going to probably be, uh, I don't know if they're going to do um, Pacific Northwest Myrtle. I mean, all these things they've used in the past, oh. domestic tone woods that they have made models out of. And uh, But they're going to be focusing primarily with back and sides and eventually soundboards uh, of woods that are, you know, in America, and frankly, Pennsylvania. The cherry that comes from Pennsylvania yeah. is some of the best sounding cherry in the world. So, so this is just the beginning. That's why they're calling it an inception model. This is the beginning of, a, of not just a, um, an, another effort of Martin to remain, you know, be green and, and be environmentally uh, conscious. It is, uh, 
they consider it the uh, breaking ground on an entirely new uh, direction for them. So good luck to that. And I hope these uh, models sell very well. Exactly. And we can't say a lot on camera at this hour, but when I talked to Tim, he said there are some other, of course, this project's at the beginning. There will be other sizes, other styles of Inception. And what he told me was pretty exciting. And I, I think it's worth mentioning, and I don't know if you got the opportunity to, I, I ended up recording my video really quickly in the repair room, but before the day was over, I did get to play it outside in the lobby, and I bumped into a few of our friends from the unofficial Martin Guitar Forum and really made some new friends of people coming in off the street. I was able to hear it and record it out in front, and I don't want to sound cliche, and this is coming again from a Rosewood guy who loves the OMs and my D45. This did have a very unique tone out in front, and what I think it could, I'll say it, you know, be honest, it, it lacked a little bit of of real presence in the mid-range and low-end under ear. Like, it didn't have what, what happens when you strum a rosewood, you know, a big rosewood instrument. It didn't feel like it was going in every direction. But when you're the audience, and we got to hear a couple of people play both fingerstyle and not a lot of strumming, but I heard some fingerstyle and some flat picking, it really reminded me that when I look at a maple instrument, what I do expect it to be strong at is some single note definition, some it really throws the notes forward. So if you do have an opportunity, whether it's this guitar or any guitar, uh, it's always uh, a real luxury to both play it and have someone play it for you. It was a very interesting sound out front. And one last tidbit before we get to a sound sample, uh, Tim Teal told me something very, I thought it was extremely interesting. They went through more than 50 designs of that walnut uh, on the back. They, the shape of the walnut, the pattern of it, the size of the walnut center wedge went through 50 or more incarnations before they settled on what they settled with. And I thought that was pretty weird. Yeah, it's not the typical um, triangular shape uh, three-piece back that you get on Style 35. It, these, the center looks sort of like very tall parenthesis. You had mentioned uh, bowling pin, except it's not like it doesn't skinny like a bowling pin. It's, uh, and then widen again. It's almost like the the bottom of the bowling pin on both you know on both sides or something like that. But but it starts narrow on both sides and gets fatter in the in the center. And um, and yes, like I said, lots they they, they a lot went into this. And um, and I know they're they're hoping for uh, for big things uh, ahead with the uh, Inception series. They know there's always going to be diehards that are only going to want a Rosewood Martin or they're only going to want a Mahogany Martin. And that's, you know, they're well aware of that. And, but, but this will, uh, this will certainly, uh, supplement their uh, catalog, uh, going forward. Well, we can't be selfish and devote the entire episode to the GPCE Inception, but before we get off this track, why don't we pause and listen to a sound sample of the Martin GPCE Inception Maple.
So that's the GPCE inception. Did Martin come out with anything else on last week? Or I don't remember. <laughs> what are you kidding? Um, yeah, I'm. You know, this this kind of overshadowed the news cycle about this for me. The the real news for me was finally after all these years we have. Uh, solid wood SC models made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania in style 28 and style 18. Uh, we, we know they came out with the uh, SCCS, which stands for Custom Shop 22, which was this custom shop model for the NAMM show for 2022 that had solid uh, rosewood back and side, solid spruce top, and, you know, solid neck, solid board bridge, and uh, with very fancy... And a solid $8,000 price tag. Yes, with a very fancy, fancy uh, um, leaf, vine, inlay on the fingerboard and all that sort of thing. So, but this, here we have it now. This is revolutionary um, on many reasons uh, because of the design, but it's also revolutionary uh, in the somewhat controversial way that this is the first introduction... Uh, into the standard series of guitars that are not made with a traditional solid wood dovetail neck joint and set into a solid wood neck block. That's because these guitars don't have a neck heel. They have this amazing uh, Sureline neck joint that is uh, what they call a linear dovetail that really is uh, completely different than a traditional dovetail. But... Um, it's revolutionary. I mean, in, in terms of the design, this is the asymmetrical body shape with a deep cutaway um, that shifts more cubic space into the bottom bout of the treble side. So you're losing less space by adding that cutaway. And also, conversely, which I always forget about, is adding some space into the treble bout of the bass side. And... Um, it's got special, uh, I mentioned the recurve earlier in this program, to help increase bass response. Uh, it has uh, certain things in the, in the bracing that are also designed for feedback reduction and in the electronics. These, these new guitars have a, uh, a, 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 a tweak to the Aura, the Fishman Aura HD system. If you get the Aura HD system, dealers can offer this with a Bags Anthem pickup system as well. But they've tweaked the Aura system to have less of a mid-range uh, uh, trough. And, um, and so it's uh, to give you, a, uh, you know, more balance. So it's going to probably sound more like an OM. Again, I wasn't able to. to uh, I did get to play uh, one of these plugged in uh, briefly. But... Um, but anyway, um, very excited standard series instruments that are designed to uh, not just be a hybrid acoustic electric for someone who wants to unplug their Stratocaster and then plug in an acoustic guitar into the exact same rig, but to stand up and stand out as an acoustic guitar without having to be plugged in. And I think they've been very successful in that. So which one did you like best and what did you like about them? Really? <laughs> No, I, I, um, I really, really like them both. I, I'll tell you the truth. The, the SC2080, it was my favorite, but not by a mile. I, I went into this. Uh, we talked about the GPCE and the uh, impressions I had before I got there, basically going, to, going shopping for something you're not going to buy. When I went to the SC18E and the SC2080E, my you know, Rosewood prejudices were there, whether I want to admit them or not. But 
what I found was both the 18 and the 28 have a resonance, have a, a mid-range and a uh, resonance is probably still the best word that I find missing a little bit in the SE13 ECOA. So my favorite was the, was the 28, but when whether it was finger picked or strummed, I think both of these solid wood models, without sounding cliche, have what you would expect. Now we're graduating from uh, you know veneers on a solid Kaya core on the previous models. When, by that I mean the SC10E, the SC13E, the SC13E Special. And special burst. Now we do have solid tone woods, and it's it's no mistake. It's not an accident, and it's not surprising. It just sounds a little bigger. It, it's not boomy. It, it's not going to make anybody think it's an OM. Uh, I, a matter of fact, I made a comment on one of the videos that it sounds like a good cross. The 28 does a good cross between a triple O 28 and the old SCs. And somebody was quick to say, "Are you sure you don't mean an OM 28 because of the long scale and the scallop bracing?" I kind of mean feel. I I I know it's it's all subconscious. And and when you go to play something like this with this low action, uh, 11 gauge strings, I think they're 11 gauge strings. I should check that. It it feels so slinky. I think these are 12s, actually. Are they? Uh, I think they're 12s. They, they were 12s on the. They were 12s on the on the. No, maybe you're wrong. I'm sorry. I may be just thinking of the prototype that I played. The Rosewood prototype had 12s on it. They, maybe they're selling these with 11s. That's entirely possible. Um, but when you talk about... I'll find out this week. Yeah, you talk about feel. These are long-scale guitars, but it's a 13-fret guitar. So they, the frets are closer to, your, to the guitar body and your body. So it feels like a short scale. When you're playing out there and you're playing the basic C chord, basic F chord, it feels like you're playing a short scale guitar because your elbow's not as stretched out. And, and so, um, and there's play in the strings, but also these strings are, are set up way lower than any guitar I've ever owned. They're definitely set up in electric guitar action, but mo almost all Martins are these days. But you can have these things set up. That's the other thing. Uh, a technician with the Sureline neck joint can adjust this, the string height to basically anything you want. So if you're an electric guitar player and you want to play nines on, you want to play nine slinkies on here uh, and be BB King, um, you can do that, and they'll, you, you can have this, these things set up as low as you want them. Um, but they also have a, another revolutionary uh, tiny little screw next to the, the adjustment and the center of the neck to adjust intonation. So this is really the first, this is um, these, uh, these S models, these S body size models are the first uh, production acoustic guitars that Martin believes have existed, where you can adjust the intonation in addition to uh, in addition to the neck relief, and um, though it does require somebody who actually knows what they're doing, so there's a caveat to that. You're, they do not recommend you try this at home. They recommend you take it to a yeah, trained Martin repair person who knows how to adjust these necks. But um, but I agree with you. I thought I thought they play they played very well. Um, so what did you think of the mahogany to, uh, setting aside your rosewood preference? I liked it a lot. I, I liked it as much as when, when you go to play a triple O 28 versus triple O 18, D28, D18, when you recognize what's different and you can appreciate, you know, the way the guitar is built and what it's going for, it, it's really just safest to say when you, when you, you know, compare a D18 to a D28, and it's, well, that's probably a bad example because of the bracing, but it was mahog a mahogany-voiced, full-range sound. It was still, 
more complex and a little bit more to memory. It was more uh, low mid-range strong uh, than the SC-13E, the SC-10E. What I would like to do before the week's over is, is get back to Martin while those guitars are still on display and play the, I think they have an SC-13E special in the lobby. Compare that to the 18 the 28, because what I am saying now on a microphone is my memory of the 13E and my recent playtest of the 18 and the 28. It, it's all bets are off when you get three of them in the same, same sitting. But I, I do think that it's it's not just hype, and it's it's certainly I would never use the word gimmick here. There's a reason Martin eventually wanted to put solid back and sides on these SCs uh, after they experimented with that CSSC 2022. You will hear a difference. Uh, the good news is you won't feel a difference. And someone did ask me, does is the neck the same? It's the same neck you love from the SC13E. So there's no downside. And what I really would like to try, if I remember to, is maybe I can record. The, some of these acoustic electric guitars direct at the factory this week, put them on a, on, a, on a disc, bring that file back to the store, play that through an acoustic amp after the fact, and give you guys some videos and sound samples of what these pickups sound like without having the guitar and the amp in the room at the same time. But um, I, I do expect to like both of them. I did see a good video. I'm not sure if you had any time spoon to poke around YouTube over the weekend, the guys from Anderton's Music played some guitars direct at the Martin, uh, the Martin booth. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it was an SC-18E, the Aura version, and it sounded magnificent directly. I've never heard an Aura sound that good uh, to memory. So I, I, I hope I, the one I'm going to get to play this week is still going to be the LR Bags, but I, I do want to check both of them out for our, our podcast sooner than later. That's something I forgot to mention when it comes to that Aura, the, t the tweaking on the Aura HD. Uh, this, for the first time, is designed so you can use 100% Aura image on stage or recording. And they never oh. had done that before. And what I don't know, but I forgot to ask, was is this going to go over onto the Modern Deluxes as well, or is this something specific to the SCs? I forgot to ask that. Um, so that's something yeah. I have to look to. Also, I would like to just point out something before I forget because I have said a lot, and you talk about memory, I've mentioned about Tim Teal uh, doing uh, drawing board sketches and coming up with the SC body size and, and the shape of it. It was actually Fred Green. Uh, Tim corrected me this weekend. I'd forgotten. It was actually Fred Green who was the guy that came up, that sketched out, and that, and that he, um, and that then led them, of course, Tim was, intimately involved with the actual project. Fred Green is more of an idea guy and a, and a concept guy. But Tim is still, you know, head designer on the project. But, um, but I just, for the record, I have, uh, you know, been putting out misinformation out there. Um, so he was uh, humble enough to correct me on camera and say, no, it was actually Fred that you know, <laughs> came up with the original sketch. But, um, Sorry, Fred. Uh, yeah, exactly. But um, I was very impressed. I... I I remember thinking, and I don't know, uh, you know, they say that you, sonically, that Lutz Spruce and Sitka Spruce are, are sound identical. Uh, Lutz Spruce is a natural hybrid between uh, Sitka and White Spruce that happens naturally in west of the Rockies in Canada, and, um, and or in the western Rockies and west of the Rockies. And... Um, I know other people, when Lutz first hit the market, there were people not related to Martin at all, uh, you know, small builders and stuff, they were claiming Lutz was superior to Setka. Whatever the case, that SC 
28, to me, SC28E, I remember thinking that it had the, that moist, dark, rich, chocolatey voice that, you know, emanating out of the body. The body sound, the undertone, and all that was like the like classic OM28Vs and OM28s. It, had, it was absolutely, and triple O28s, absolutely related to that rich, dark, uh, colorful rosewood tone. Uh, but it does not have the, the oomph in the bottom end, like you said, you're going to get from an OM, even though it's a long scale guitar. It actually, I, it, to me, it has more playing and it sounds to my ear uh, like it had the bass equivalent more like a 0028. And I think there's going to be people that, and that's because of the, the shape of the body and the, you know, I don't know what the cubic inches are compared to a, a triple O or an OM inside. But um, it, it, and I can see how people like me are going to go in and overplay it, thinking, and I did this with the Inception too. It's like if I play it harder, that's, I'll get it that <laughs> to come out of it, and it doesn't work that way. Instead, it's more like in both cases, uh, the Inception and the SCs, if you lay off of it and play it where it wants to be played, then all of a sudden the resonance takes over. And that's much more, uh, ironically, much more like a pre-war Martin. That's like a Martin from 1930. And um, you can play them really hard, those guitars back in the 30s, the small body guitars, but they just overdrive and you don't, you don't it's when you lay off and you, and you let them uh, find their sweet spot, resonant sweet spot, that's where they become yeah. really impressive. And that was the case with the GPC Inception Maple and these SCs. Um, the mahogany guitar, I really enjoyed very much. I am a mahoganyite. That's the one that I got to take uh, when I, you know, there weren't any amps. And then I remember at the last second, oh my gosh, there's an amp in the, in the picking parlor. So I went to oh, the yeah. receptionist and said, just in case anybody's looking for this, I'm taking it into the picking parlor to plug it in. And they let me go in, and the guy told me channel one doesn't work, so play channel two. He said something wrong with channel one. So I played through channel two, which is a lower channel. This is a, it's a, uh, I don't remember if it was a Fishman. I don't remember what the amp it is. It might be a Fender amp in there. Do you happen, do you happen to remember? might be a... Uh, I didn't see it. I don't no. remember what the acoustic guitar It's an acoustic guitar amp, uh, you know, mid-size. And, um, but it was loud enough when you had the gain and volume up full uh, to hear it, uh, to play it. And I went in and interrupted a group of people in there, a fella who who had come in the factory raising his fists and saying, yeah, finally made it. And he was at his first factory visit, but they got there too late to go on the tour, unfortunately. But it was him and his uh -huh. nephews and maybe one of his sons. And he may, they may have been all nephews that were cousins, but, but uh, he'd always wanted to go and he was visiting that part of the country. So they, in they went. So they're on there jamming. And I asked him, do you mind if I interrupt you? And so they were very kind um, to, uh, you know, let me come in. One of them had recognized me and, you know, told them all who I was and all that stuff and had a nice talk mm -hmm. with them and got their opinion of it. But I thought this was with the LR bag system and I thought the, uh, it sounded very good. I really enjoyed it. And the moment I plugged it in, my instinct to overplay it went away. And it was really uh -huh. easy to play it right where it wanted to be played. And, and then it was on par. And then you can, you know, I didn't play around with the EQ, but you can turn up the bass. You could easily make that guitar sound 
more like a triple O18, um, if not an OM18, not that they make one anymore, in terms of bass presence. But, um, but I was very impressed with it plugged in. I would love to have one. I have a very nice mahogany triple uh, OC16. Uh, that's basically an OM18 with a cutaway, but a skinnier neck that they made in the early 90s before the yeah. 16s became, uh, you know, modernized. And so I, I can't really justify one right now at the price they're charging in the standard series at standard series prices. Um, but if I was performing regularly, uh, I would, you know, I would love to have one because uh, I already have my custom that you guys made for me for, to cover my Rosewoods needs. But... Um, so I, yeah. I think they're highly successful. Um, I love the necks. I love the... Uh, uh, I think the necks are absolutely wonderful. I, I love the... Um, I love the bridges. The bridges now, that we're going to see more and more of those bridges. They're on the inception as well, where they... Where the, the modern, a smooth transition from where the pins are to the to the wings. They don't have the drop-off yep. and those edges that, that uh, a lot of thong, uh, palm muters complain about, the edge digging into that nerve in the meat of their thumb so i think i think we'll uh we'll see we'll see more of these i'm sure i'm sure that'll come out down the line um they they intended this all along they they went with the uh, road series first for a couple of reasons one is to introduce scs at a uh, lower price range uh, they knew that younger people were going to be more interested in a modern progressive technology uh than old salt um that are used to traditional martins but here they are now in the standard series so so bully for them uh it's been a long time coming when I, mean, I played i remember how long ago i played the first solid wood martin which had a lot of feedback issues and it took them some years to get figure out how yeah. to quell the feedback from the more resonant body chamber uh, and they've done that so excellent well, if you're keeping score at home, we both like the SC18E and the SC28E, but don't take our word for it. Let's pause for a moment and listen to a sound sample of the Martin SC28E. As you mentioned with uh, the Inception model, I got to hear a fellow playing the uh, SC28E in the lobby with a capo pretty high up, uh, finger-picking some James Taylor stuff, and I thought it sounded really good and really well-balanced, and the bass of strings definitely came out. So again, maybe without quite the the tone bubble that you get from a long-scale OM, typically, um, but certainly along the lines of a triple O, if not a double O. And so, and, and hearing your video, same thing. I think when you're behind it, it doesn't sound, and that's the same way with the OMs are that way. OMs have always sounded fuller and wider range than when you're in front of them and when you're behind them. And, and um, so I think people will be very pleased 
Um, certainly, you're going to lose some of that Martin umph if you go into lighter and lighter strings, but you could certainly put 13s on here if you wanted to. Um, and I probably oh, yeah. would try 13s just because the strings are so low by default, and I'm used to play, yeah. pressing really hard and playing really hard. I might try 13s just to, uh, to see what it sounds like if I had one of these guitars. I know, you're probably the same way. I did my videos and I was playing like this the whole day because I couldn't be me and without, you know, I was in the repair room where I could have made adjustments and I, I was tempted to, you know, ask for taller saddles. But it's it's one of those things where uh, we, we talk about it pretty often. I, I want to be able to play my guitar as dumb as as caveman as I want to because I I don't want to have to be careful and, and these guitars really are set up low. And I still think Tone Bubble would have been a great podcast name. <laughs> Perhaps so. Well, maybe I'll start one. It'll just be about OMs. Because <laughs> uh, I've always used that to you know, express the difference between the sound of a traditional triple O short scale uh, with its forward, tight forward punch, you know, cannon punch, and the OM mm -hmm. that has that, but also has that kind of broader glow around it, kind of room-filling resonance that I think that, that the long scale, I think, helps in that same body size and same bracing. But this we're, we're, we're zooming along here in this podcast. There were other instruments. They were the X-Series. And I would just like to uh, put a quick shout-out. Uh, for those of you who are not that familiar with the X-Series, the back and sides are made with high-pressure laminates, which is basically wood fiber and resin of some sort, a natural resins, and really good reflector. And they, they sound... You know, competitively for price, I, I'm always impressed with how good the X-Series sounds. The, the two-level has a solid top, spruce top. Um, and But this year, they have really gorgeous prints, high-definition prints of fabulous wood on the, on, the, uh, on the HPL. But the ones that have the GPC that you can get with the co fancy Coca-Bolo print on the back and sides is available in spruce and in a Sepele top, and they had one of each there, and I thought this, the, the GPC-X2E uh, with the Sepele top was sounded wonderful. I thought it was way beyond its uh, price range, and when I, was in the when I was in the museum, I had just finished playing that, and I was about to record the, the spruce top, a fellow, you know, recognized me and asked me if I was Spoon Phillips and introduced me to his wife and we got talking and he's a big fan of, of uh, Martins and Moore and, oh, um, cool. you know, knows me from other other uh, places on the internet. We got talking. First thing out of his mouth was, what did you think of that SC-18E? You know, and he was really excited about that. <laughs> and I told him about this one. I said, would you do me a favor? Would you mind taking this out to the lobby because I'm done with it? And you should play it. And he came back around later on. They were back in the museum later on. He said, thank you for telling me that. I would have never played that. And he said, you're absolutely right. It sounded surprisingly good. I think there's something about that solid mahogany of that the Sepele top that helps warm it up. And um, and again, these are, I mentioned M&T, you know, Martin Mortis and Tenon neck joints. These have Mortis and Tenon neck joints in the X series. And I think that Sepele helped filter out some of the the brightness and the the uh, the bit of a glare, a sonic glare that I hear off of uh, of some of the X series guitars. But anyway, um, what were your opinions of the X series? 
Well, I, first of all, I agree with you. I spent more time with that guitar than I did any other X-Series. And I really think that if you're looking at this new 2024 lineup in the X-Series, remastered really does mean more playability or better playability. Uh, I got to talking with a couple of people at Martin, and they made real efforts to make the fingerboard edges a little bit rounded, rounded off, uh, beveled. They have a thinner fingerboard, so the neck itself from where you press the strings through the back, thick you know, thickness that way is a little thinner. It's a little bit lighter. I didn't really have to really uh, get to know them that well, but I like the tuners a lot. And I really think that if you make the argument, the 2024 Martin X series guitar that's replacing last year's model shouldn't sound very different, but it's, it's not gonna be exactly the same. I really think the biggest differences are playability. And um, I'm anxious to see what you think because I know when they, came out with the Dreadnought Juniors and the Triple O Juniors. It wasn't long before they redid those and made them a different size. There are still going to be those people who like the 2023 and prior versions of the X-Series, and, you know, there's no fault there. But I do recognize that these played really nice. I, I thought the 12-string played very comfortably. And, again, I wonder if, I'd, if, if, if it would make some sense for me to bring one of the X-Series guitars from our stock in Mari's Music to the factory this week and play that against the uh, the newer uh, the newer, new model year because again this is my memory of an X series going against a recent play test uh, it wasn't that we sat down and played the same in the same moment the old one and the new one but from what I could tell at least a little bit more comfortable on the X series and and every single thing they did uh, whether whether you're looking at it as an improvement uh, where the back and sides look better now you can make the real argument that if you want something with a two in it the next two e as you mentioned, number two is going to mean a solid wooden top. I think they really have an opportunity, and I don't want to have a hot take here. The remastered X-Series might be the fastest part of the NAMM show that becomes popular sooner. I know a lot of people are with the SC-18, SC-28, and of course the GPCE got all the press. But a lot of real people who have a budget where they either can't afford to get out of the X-Series or they can't justify spending four four thousand dollars on a new model these x-series guitars are going to hit a home run with a lot of people who frankly some people who could spend four thousand dollars might play that gpc with the sapeli top and say why why am i not looking at this it really really does play very well i, I haven't i don't have any ex experience with plugging them in yet but i think the x-series top to bottom it's it's a really smart thing i didn't hear any difference at all or or or, or spent a lot of time with the black one, like the X1s, I kind of glossed over them and not to not to be a bigot, but I, I, I sort of expected to have an opinion on them and they were going to be last on my list. And I, I ran out of time a, a little bit earlier than I wanted to, but yeah, the X-Series, I, I think they really did the right things. And some of those, some of the backs, like the the, uh, the Coco Bolo pieces where you see some sapwood, I think I think it's a really, really great idea. Oh, absolutely. They're gorgeous. And, and uh very cool too that, and this what I confirmed because I wasn't quite sure based on some of the conversations I had previously. If you go in to buy a uh, a GPC uh, X2E Cocobolo with the Cocobolo pattern, all of the uh, backs you see are all taken from the same amazing piece of Cocobolo wood that was photographed in high def to make that, but they're all unique. There's the 
these, the sapwood pieces in the center where it's like a slightly blonde wood are going to be in different placements. In the, you know, so the book matching in the center where the center seam would be will be the same. But that's not just for the Cocobolo. There's the Brazilian rosewood ones. There, that is an amazing, perf perfectly uh, book matched piece of Brazilian rosewood, a figured Brazilian rosewood. Koa, they're not all going to be the exact same now. Each each one mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna drift up and down and, and each one will be slightly different and that's most noticeable on the Coca-Cola ones because they were so there was a, the dreadnought Coca-Cola you guys can go online and and see this stuff there's the GPC there is the dreadnought and then there's also the uh, the new Koa ones the new figure mahogany ones they already had those but they this has all the improvements on the fingerboard and the and such like but uh, like you said they're a little they're not as heavy. With the twos, with the solid tops, they now have they now have a solid wood neck, and they used to have the birch laminated birch neck that you get on the ones, and so they're heavier, and so they wanted to do, you know, the more top heavy, uh, so they wanted to do something to, to compensate that. So we get these, uh, the the bridges are this. I mean, the bridges, the fingerboards are the same thickness as the modern deluxe series, and which means they're the same as a pre-war Martin, basically. But yeah. um, uh, yes, new tuners, the 18 to 1 ratios, very smooth uh, tuners, easy to tune, and they look cool. They have a nice, uh, they, they have a nice uh, pewter, like a satiny pewter aspect to them that uh, is comfortable and nice. So, so the remastered X-Series, as they're calling them, uh, were uh, all very successful. I enjoyed the, playing the 12-string quite a bit. In fact, I was playing the 12-string in the museum to suit my... my uh, videos and and was getting you know concentrating on it trying not to mess up while trying to review it in my head of what I was hearing and I looked up and there was like 12 people standing there watching it's <laughs> like <laughs> yikes um, with lighters so yeah. lighters up or? <laughs> well fortunately no pitches pitchforks and torches but apparently <laughs> it was everybody in the museum all came over to watch me because that because those 12 strings you know everybody knows how how magnificent 12-strings sound. They just sound so impressive no matter how much they cost, oh, yeah. too. So that was great fun. Uh, and you can finger-pick them surprisingly well. Uh, the string spacing on the modern Martin 12-strings, much, much better than it was in the 70s with the D1220. Um, but, uh, yeah, very successful lineup. We're running out of time. I want to thank you guys for listening. We aren't going to fit 20 questions into this episode without making it uh, a mile long. And we also owe you a lot more information on a lot more models that are coming our way soon. We didn't get to play the Major Kialaki. We didn't get to play the Chris Martin 50ths. We didn't get to play the RGM uh, super expensive watch guitar. Those things are coming down the pipeline. And I do hope before it gets too late that one of us or both of us will get our hands on them. So do listen subscribe and, and come back to the program later because we expect to be able to play some of those at least on this program if not in some some good youtube videos as well but why don't we take the end of this program to make some super bowl predictions because we're going to record this today we're going to put this up on the air in a week's time and it will be available publicly before the game happens spoon what are your predictions for this year's super bowl is what i'm trying to say well i have to say i was i just forgot how great the Chiefs defense really is and individual you know the individual superstars and I just think um, this is what has been I wouldn't say missing but it's definitely enhanced them from previous teams so 
and I certainly I saw them this year, but it was really watching them yesterday, just how just how good they really are. So I really got to give the, the Chiefs the nod, unless the, 40, the 49ers the past two games, it took them half a game to, and last week even more than half a game, to, to suddenly click. And so I'm going to just have to give my nod to the Chiefs. Um, being a lifelong Raiders fan, uh, it's hard for me to, to – I mean, I like Andy Reid. I think Mahomes also showed uh, still what an unbelievable superhuman athlete he is. So so got to go, you know, I got to go with them. I thought Brock, Brock Purdy impressed again beyond his uh, weight class in terms of how long he's been playing, but, but got to go with the Chiefs. Yeah. And In fact, I'll go with the Chiefs. I'm going to say 20, well, I said 28-27 in a game that was like 17-10 yesterday. So, but I, also I'll just say I think it's going to be 24-18 Chiefs. I'm going to say 21-10 Chiefs. I don't know. if, Like you said, I, I don't follow either team enough. Being a lifelong Cowboys fan... Don't turn the program off. It's not my fault. You, The team picks you. You don't pick the team. <laughs> I do not want to see the San Francisco 49ers win more Super Bowls just yet. And I, I kind of get the impression, like you did, I was just telling Andrew before we, we recorded, I didn't pay any attention to the Chiefs defense all year. And wow, I'm not sure a team can you know, wait until the second half to turn it on and get lucky is not the right word, but get lucky that late. I, I, I don't necessarily see... Mahomes falling in a hole, and I, I don't follow either team enough to say that I have a, a real eye for both of those, but I, I think the Chiefs are going to come away again, and I, I don't care at all, so I, I don't want to get anybody upset with, that's not my team, or I don't want, I, I gave up watching football two weeks ago, and, and that's just, <laughs> my season ended. Well, they, they and, are re- you know. If they do, they'll be repeating, you know, and the 49ers, four, uh, four Super Bowls, and I mean, four cha- conference championships in five years or something like that, and the Chiefs, of course, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be a heavyweight bout. I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, like you said, the Chiefs caught on late in the year and came back. The 49ers stumbled and keep coming back individually. So I would not be surprised if either team wins, but I think it's actually going to be, a as, as uh, games go, it's going to be a really good game. So thanks for putting up with our football mania. That's probably why a lot of people came here. They waited the whole episode to hear our take on the Chiefs versus the Niners. We do hope it's a good game, and we hope you guys enjoy the podcast, Uh, most especially our Patreon members. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, We probably want to come back in a couple weeks and revisit even more new models. Like I said, we're going to make every attempt to get some more uh, of the new Martin 2024 lineup on video for you guys. But until then, share this with a friend if you know somebody who likes podcasts talking about guitar. If you're going shopping for Martin guitars in the future, please come back and listen to our takes. Maybe our advice or our experiences might be able to help you find what you need. And from all of us at Martin's and more, thanks for listening. Hear you later.